You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. So come with me, Luke chapter 15, Luke chapter 15. The title of my message this morning is Only Available in the Father's House. Only Available in the Father's House. This morning I want to tell you things that are only available in the Father's House. And, you know, beautiful Pastor Shauna, you know, you, you almost preached the message for me. No, I'm glad you did. It was like an amen. Uh, you know, Shauna showing the photo of her beautiful boys and you, they very much downplayed. I mean, that's quite a serious diagnosis that your son could have growing on his brain, a tumor that could be like, and uh, watching this couple warfare through that. But because they, they belong to a house of faith, because they belong to a house of faith. And I, I, I'm not sure if we realize. So we're in a series at the moment called Culture Code. And after Easter, we have a massive influx of people that got saved at Easter or found a church uh, during Easter. But then they walk in and, and where are the stained glass windows? How come you don't have Jesus hanging on a cross? Hang on, hang on. You know, why, why is it every week you're talking about money? Here it goes again. And how come you got a cafe in the foyer? Do you really into cafe and, and what, merch? You, you, i, I got to pay you to get a T-shirt? Like, why isn't it all for free? And so there's 101 questions people have when they come into the house. So our great team in their wisdom said, why don't we do a series called Culture Code so that you know the why behind the what when you come in. It just kind of helps because people come in with questions. So, so, so this week, today, I felt like I wanted to, to preach an overflow message from Emerge. Emerge, we've got Pastor Keith Craft at, um, at our North Campus. We've got Josh Craft at our East Campus. You know, the, Dr. Matt at Bressy, uh, Pastor Mike Yeager at, at uh, Eastlake. So the men are preaching today, and it's an overflow message. But I wanted to marry the two. I wanted to give you a, 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 a men's conference message with culture. So I couldn't think of anything better than the, the, uh, the parable of the prodigal son. And the reason I chose that is because the Bible calls it the parable of the prodigal son. But I would actually call it the parable of the amazing father. The parable of the amazing father. Uh, the world that we live in always focuses on the problem. Kingdom always focuses on solution. So you, you'll notice that the Bible didn't name the story. Men named the story. So we name it according to the problem. The problem is the prodigal son. But God sees everything from a solution perspective. So in heaven, they see it as the parable of the amazing father. So come with me, Matthew, uh, Luke 15, verse 11. Before you go there on my drive here, one of the things that I try to do whenever I'm preaching is when I'm preparing, I'm reading the text. I read the text. But it's an amazing thing that quite often when I'm driving to church, I'll put my audio Bible on and I'll listen to the text. And when you listen to a text, it's the brain interprets different audibly to visually. And, uh, and so something jumped out that I'm like, okay, so it opens, Luke 15 opens with this. And it opens saying that when the scribes and the Pharisees saw that Jesus was not only receiving tax collectors and sinners, but eating with them, they were indignant. And they said, why does this man who claims to be holy eat with tax collectors and sinners? And then it says, then Jesus told them three parables. He tells them three stories based on their response. He tells them the story of, of the lost sheep, the 99 sheep, one goes astray. He tells them the story of the lost coin. And then he tells the story of the prodigal son. 
For Jesus to not just double down, to triple down, he's trying to make a statement. And the statement is this, the Pharisees, a religious spirit, says, listen, we've got to preserve what's holy and keep distance from the undefiled, from the defiled and the unholy, lest they contaminate what we've got. But Jesus came and said, you jack wagons have it all upside down. Let me tell you three stories. God doesn't want the, this holy frozen chosen club you know to isolate lest they infect us he wants us to go into all the world he wants us to go out and infect the defiled with our righteousness he wants the wickedness to be overthrown by righteousness he wants the darkness to be overcome by light he wants what is evil to be overcome by what is good he, he wants the church to expand he wants us to go into the, all the world and flip cultures and flick flip kingdoms the book of revelation says the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our lord and of his christ and he shall reign forever and ever the reason we do emerge is because the bible tells us that in the book of revelation there will be a generation that rises that flips the nations and flips the kingdoms of this world and presents them on a platter to the to our lord and christ jesus christ that he may reign forever it is not a remnant it is, not, it is not a monastery mindset church that does that. It is a dominion-centered. It is a warrior culture church that does that. So that's what we're trying to raise up. So that's what Jesus is talking about here. So anyway, let's go to the third story. Matthew, uh, Luke 15, 11. I don't know why I keep saying Matthew. Luke, if there's a Matthew here, Father, I thank you for blessing on Matthew. A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. Give me the portion of goods that falls to me. Give me my inheritance now. The younger son said to his father, didn't say to the attorney dividing the estate at the funeral, said to his living father, I don't got time to wait for you to die. Give me my inheritance now. Dad's like, I'm still... The son is saying, as far as I'm concerned, you're dead to me. The father divided to them his livelihood. Not many days after this, with his newfound wealth, this injection into his bank account, he takes his fortune, journeyed to a far country, Las Vegas. <laughs> and there he wasted his possessions with prodigal living. The word prodigal means wasteful. There he wasted with, with wasteful living, getting wasted every day. There's a reason they call it getting wasted. Because it's wasted moments, wasted brain cells, wasted money, wasted activity, wasted. When he had spent all, but when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, but nobody gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? 
And here I am perishing with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. And I will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and he came to his father. But while he was still a long way or still a great way off, his father saw him. And had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand, sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it. Let us eat and be merry. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. I love this story. What a story of an amazing father. You know, be be very, very discerning. Jesus says, be careful how you hear. Be careful how you listen. Be careful what you're listening to. Be careful to the narratives. May I say to you that whatever you hear on mainstream media right now, you are wise if you... Uh, question it. You are even wiser if you choose to not believe it. Uh, And I would even say that you're probably hitting the the ballpark if you believe the exact opposite to what they're telling you. They will try to tell you right now, and apparently we didn't get the memo at Awaken. And we didn't get the memo at Emerge that there's a, you know, there's a, you know, there's incredible uh, uh, racism and racial division in our in our nation. But somehow, us knuckleheads down there at Emerge never got the memo, and so we had people from all backgrounds and all ethnicities on the same team, standing for each other, praying with each other, warring together, battling one another in unity. The, the real issue that they don't tell you about is an issue of fatherlessness. Behind all the crimes, behind all the crimes, one common denominator is, uh, is, is fatherlessness. Fatherlessness. And so here, this is a powerful story because it's a story not just of a prodigal son, but of an extraordinary father. And the, the goal of Emerge is to, to raise emerge men to raise men that become great fathers great husbands great leaders great warriors that fight for righteousness that fight for truth that fight for equity that fight for the things of God in the earth that fight to see justice that fight to see wickedness pushed back and overthrown without that the enemy has a field day no wonder he's gone after the strength but we're raising up warriors so I love this story let me really quickly give you a few thoughts the Bible says that when the, when the young son takes his inheritance, he goes to a far country, spends all that he has, and then there is a famine in the land, and he began to be in want. The reason Jesus tells this story is because he's trying to give you and I a clue that the world will never satisfy you. There was a James Bond movie, The World Is Not Enough, and that's probably a prophetic picture. You will never find satisfaction from this world. You will never... What the world produces is temporary, is material. The hole on the inside of you is eternal and it is spiritual. (coughs) Excuse me. And the physical temporal 
can't feel the spiritual eternal. Uh, when, 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 when Adam sinned, a lot of people think that man came under a curse, but, but God didn't curse Adam because in Genesis 1.28, God blessed man. So, so the Bible says when Adam sinned, God says, what is this that you have done? Cursed be the ground for your sake. Cursed be the ground. So, so you need to understand, cursed be the earth, the Hebrew Adamah. Cursed be the Adamah for your sake. So, so, so the earth is unable able to satisfy it is unable to to produce what you need it is it is it the world is not enough and so a famine grows in their land so the man joins himself to a citizen Jesus is intentionally being provocative he's intentionally being controversial because this is a Jewish father who has now been shamed into great disgrace by his Jewish son, that then takes it one step further, that he joined himself. It doesn't say he was hired by, it says that he joined himself. The only other time that word is used in the, in the scriptures, joined himself, is when a husband and wife are joined together in holy matrimony. He has forsaken the covenants of Israel. He has forsaken his heritage. He has forsaken his family. He has forsaken his identity. He has forsaken the promises of God. And he has gone in compromise. And he has gone into covenant. He has joined himself to a pagan. He has joined himself to a Gentile and then Jesus doubling down on provocative which is why I love Jesus he says and who sends him into his fields to feed swine right now his Jewish audience is gnashing their teeth they are, they are they they want the mighty smiter to smite him oh I can't wait for God to kill him is what they're thinking right now that's how they're thinking the, the, the swine, the pig is an unclean animal. Leviticus has derogatory statements about, you know, the, the unclean who eats swine flesh. Like they, they, it's a derogatory statement. It's a mocking statement. And here Jesus is using provocative terms to paint a picture of, of this young man. And then the Bible says that, that nobody gave him anything to eat so that he was kind of lusting after the swine slop, after the swine pods, the pods, the swine, but nobody gave him anything. And then the Bible says he came to himself. He, he came to himself. He, he came to realize, he's like, my God, in my father's house, the hired servants, not even the sons, the hired servants, the, the lowest in my father's house, live at a higher standard than I'm living right here. I'm in covenant with the world and it is empty, but the lowest level, the hired servants in my father's house have bread enough for themselves and to spare. Wow. Let me just say this. We don't preach a prosperity gospel. We preach a gospel that is full of prosperity. That is full of prosperity. People try and say, hey, you know, pastor, don't use that word. I just came from a church building seminar and they say you shouldn't use that word prosperity. It'll turn people off. People think you're Joel Osteen. Friend, God's got a plan for you. And people think that, you know, it's a prosperity gospel. And, and you know, what brought the prodigal son home, what brought him to himself was he noticed that there are things that are only available in the father's house. 
The devil, the reason the devil wants the world to be rich and the church poor is he wants the people, he wants the prodigals out there to say, well, there's no answers in the church. There's only more broke in the church. There's only more poverty in the church. Man, I got enough problems without going down to the church and getting a whole heap more problems. The last thing I need is to go back to the house of God and get guilt trip after guilt trip. You don't measure up. You don't got what it takes. God is angry with you. He's a mighty smite and ready to smite you because you're, man, I got enough. But, but this prodigal son, when he realizes, my God, there is something that is flowing in the house that even the lowest level of people, the hired servants, not the sons, the hired servants have bread enough and to spare. I want you to know when you join Awaken church, when you come into this house, your marriage, if you will lean in and listen, will get better. Your life will flourish. Your marriage will flourish. Your finances will flourish. Why is that? Because I preach this thing. I got saved on a beach. This book put my life together. Believe it or not, I believe in this book. I was a mess on legs when I came to Christ. All I did was I began to apply this and I began to find, my God, this stuff works. This stuff works. So the Bible says that, that he comes back. Well, he says, you know, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? I know what I'll do. I'll go back and I'll say, Father, I've sinned. Sinned against heaven, sinned against you. So the Bible says he comes back. Comes back. And the Bible says that while he was yet a long way off, while he was yet a long way off, the father saw him and ran to him. Most men don't see something a long way off unless they're looking for it. The Bible paints a picture of this, of this father. That even though the, the village would be whispering and talking about the shame, the reproach, the dishonor that this young man had brought onto the family, the stain on the family name, the dis disdain they would have had for this young man. And yet, Papa, Papa, what, what, what are you doing out there on the porch? Supper's getting cold. Oh, ha hang on. Papa, it's dark now. The crickets are, come on in. Papa goes in, but every day, the next day he's back out there on the porch. He, he saw him a long way off because he was looking for him. He was looking for him. See, they say that religion is man's search for God. Christianity isn't a religion. How do I know that? Because I wasn't looking for God. I was, I don't know, I was trying to win in, in a surfing competition because I thought at 18, maybe, maybe it'd be cool to be a pro surfer. I wasn't looking for God. But God was looking for me. Religion is man's search for God. Christianity is God's search for man. And every day the father's out there till, till the sun had set, till the twilight light had dissipated, till it was just dark. And even then they'd have to bring him in. But he sees the sun a long way off. He doesn't even know if it's the sun. You can't tell in the distance if that's really the person. But the Bible says the father ran. I wonder how many times he ran and got halfway and realized that wasn't his kid. Turn around. But on this time, he runs and keeps running. 
runs and keeps running. It's my boy, it's my boy, it's my boy. And he sees this, he's boy. And the Bible says he falls on his neck and begins to kiss him. And the Bible says the boy drops down onto his knees. And the Bible says, the boy says, Father, I've sinned against you. And I've sinned against heaven. I'm no longer worthy to be your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. I was in a conference a little while ago and there was a preacher speaking to a fairly large audience. And it so grieved me what the preacher said because they said that this prayer, this repentance, wasn't real repentance. It wasn't real repentance. It was, it was a very, very selfish repentance. It was a very calculated repentance. Let me just say this. One of the things that we rage against here is a religious spirit. Because a religious spirit conveys a lie from hell itself that somehow sinful man is able to produce and present a righteousness before God that we may purchase from heaven's table. As though he could he could righteously repent. Let, let me just say this. I got saved selfishly. I'm just going to be honest. In fact, you know, I didn't really get too many opportunities to do a whole lot of, you know, confession or that. So I'm going to do it now. Listen, I'll be honest with you. Let me just level up with you. When I heard heaven, hell, selfishly, I thought, I don't know. And so selfishly, I got saved. I'm just putting it out. Just selfishly, I thought, I don't want to go to hell. I want to, hang on, hang on. When I heard that Jesus Christ hung on a cross to wash me clean of all my sin, all my shame, all my guilt, or every violation and transgression, selfishly, I said, I want that. I'm giving my life to Jesus Christ. Now listen, when I heard that just believing in Jesus Christ would give me eternal life, everlasting life, right? selfishly, I said, man, I want that. When I heard that faith in Jesus Christ, that if I follow Jesus Christ, that He breaks His every chain, looses every cord, that I step out from under a curse and into blessing selfishly. I just, I don't want to live under a curse. I want to live there. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Do you really think God's sitting up there in heaven saying, no, I'm not giving them anything. They haven't repented righteously. The whole point of Jesus coming was because you and I are unable to produce righteousness. So God had to come down, clothe Himself in human flesh, fulfill the law and be crucified on a cross to grant us as a righteousness we could never earn in a billion years, in a trillion years, we could never earn what Jesus did on the cross. Now watch this. The son says, and I'm already over time. I never even got to my four points. All right, hang on, hang on. Who'll give me just three more minutes? Three, six, nine, 12, 15, 18, 21, 30. That's way too much. You guys are ridiculous. We'll be here all afternoon. All right, so. So watch this. 
He says, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be your son. I'm no longer worth E. I am no longer worth E. What was the first question God asked Adam when Adam said, we were naked, so we hid. He said, who, who told you? you were not, who told you you ought to be ashamed? A.W. Tozer said this. He says, the more something moves towards God, the more beautiful it becomes. The further something moves away from God, the more ugly. The more something moves towards God, the more beautiful it becomes. Because the, the son had distanced himself from the father's house, he distanced himself from a light and a revelation of his worth and value. What we saw at Emerge was we saw men that did not have a father growing up common denominator in every single one of their cases was they did not think that they were worthy to be called a man. They did not think they were worthy to be a husband. They didn't think they were worthy. The further you get away from God's house, the more you devalue. He, he, he says to the Father, let me tell you what I've discovered out here. I've discovered my worth. I am not worth e to be the world, my mistakes, my sin, my rebellion, my shame, my tells me what I am worth. Four things the father does. The father, number one, ignores him. Watch this. Then the father said to the servants, the boy is Papa. I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Father doesn't speak to him. He turns to the servants and he says, bring out the best robe and put it on him. The kid stinks to high heaven. The stench of his compromise permeates the atmosphere, the stench of pig slop, pig swine, pig excrement all through his stained garments. Watch what the father does not do. The father does not say, bring out a clean robe and put it on him. The father says, bring out the best robe and put it on him. See, you don't understand. Let me, let me explain. When you stand before heaven, when you stand before God on judgment day, when I stand before God on judgment day, I want you to know that I, you and I don't stand before God in clean garments. We stand before God in the very, very best garment. See, the, 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 the servants would have said, hang on, hang on. The garment he has on, he's completely ruined. Your, 
You want us to go into your closet and you want us to bring out the tailored. You want us to bring out the thousand dollars. You want us to bring out the Gucci, the Versace. You want us to, hang on, hang on, hang on. He is covered in filth. He is covered in excrement. He, and why, why don't we just get one of the, you know, in case he messes up again. Why don't we just bring him a clean, a clean what he needs is, the Father did not say bring out a clean garment. The Father said bring out the best garment. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. On the cross, Jesus made an exchange. On the cross, I became Him. He became me. On the cross, He took my sin and its judgment and its punishment and he gave me his righteousness when you stand before God when I stand before God in Christ Jesus on that day when when my name gets called and I stand before him trembling because I know my past I know my violations I know my sin I know my transgressions I know on that day when I look into the eyes of God his face lights up with a smile because he doesn't just see me clean he sees me as his best. He sees me as this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. This is and I'm like, what? You, you got me, you got me confused with it. That's why the book of Revelation says that in heaven they say to the Lamb seated on the throne, blessing and honor, glory and power to him that is seated. They cast their crowns before him because they know they stand before God in a righteousness not their own he doesn't just cleanse you he clothes you with his best garment if if you can even begin to let your brain catch that it will change your life but it gets even better it gets even better Kenny then he says and put a ring on his finger. So he takes his signet ring on, and they're like, and they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. All right, hang on. How much sure you've been drinking, Papa? You've just gone best robe crazy. If I was you, just just before you do the whole ring thing, just 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 get Colin Higginbottom. He's a marketplace boss. Get Colin to come and talk to him about some financial management because he squandered everything. And you're going to put the signet ring on his finger so he can right now, he can right now with that ring go down to Home Depot, order enough llama to build himself a fat daddy home, buy all the brand new set of tools. How are you paying for that? Put it on Papa's account. Put it on the family account. Put it on Daddy's account. Put a rip. He restores identity. He restores authority. See, the devil wants you to believe that you are saved. Just. That, that, that God was slamming the door and you just snuck in in the nick of time. And God's like, ah, I was trying to smite you, but you snuck in. All right, I'll let you have eternal life, but don't expect anything else. 
Now we're laughing, but churches preach this kind of garbage. Your God did not do a half-hearted job. He doesn't put a clean robe, He puts the best robe. I stand before Him with the best robe. He puts a ring on my finger. Jesus says, I give you the keys to the kingdom. If I give my boy the keys to my car, he has access to my car. If I give someone the keys to my home, they have access to my home. He says, I give you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth, bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on the, the authority that you have. We had one of our sons was, was gripped by Satan in an addiction, trying to destroy him. But God didn't just save me on a beach. Didn't just wipe away all my sin. Didn't put a clean, he put the best robe, but he put a ring on my finger. And he said, boy, whatever you bind on earth, heaven's got your back, boy. Whatever you loose on earth, heaven's going to back you up. So I would lay on his bed. Mama and I would take communion. Satan, we declare right now, we come against the spirit of rebellion. We come against the spirit of rejection. We break the spirit of addiction. Every single time, every single time, we would feel and experience a shift. You can only get it in the Father's house, only available in the Father's house. Identity, authority. Then he put sandals on his feet. Sandals on his feet. Feet, sandals, shoes is purpose. You'll find your purpose in this house. Colin Higginbottom and his beautiful bride, Melissa, moved here. They moved here. They, they had a business and they thought, hey, you know, it's a good thing. We want to raise our kids in the house of God. We, we want to raise them with some faith. They had no idea that God was lining it up. That when they walked in here, the God's like, oh, get ready, Colin. Get ready, Melissa. You're going to be a king and a priest. You're going you're gonna to open floodgates financing you're going to discover you're going to walk in divine purpose you're going to preach you're going to shift the hearts of men you're going to shift a culture in your generation you're going to win wars win battles see the kingdom see the kingdom expanded purpose you find purpose in the house of God but I've got to finish on this I've got to finish on this this is the last point most preachers stop there identity authority purpose but the father isn't finished he says, and go and slaughter the fatted calf. For my son was lost and is found. He was dead and is alive again. And the Bible says, and they slaughtered the fatted calf and began to be merry. See, the fourth thing that the father does is he restores value. He restores value. If nobody's told you, May I, as your pastor, say this. Your life is worth celebrating. Your life is worth celebrating. Your life, you are worth celebrating. Let, let, let me say this. Let me say this. Oh, you guys preach that prosperity gospel that God wants you to be rich. Absolutely. But listen to me. If you think that rich is bank accounts yachts or possessions you you have allowed a world brain to interpret 
heavenly things. I can live in the fattest mansion. I can have yachts in every harbor, drive the nicest cars. But if I have nobody to share my life with, I am the poorest of all. The poorest of all. You know what rich is? Rich is at your 25th birthday, at your 30th birthday, at your 40th birthday, your 50th birthday, whatever birthday number. And you come home and as you're walking in the front door, you just have this kind of this thought. I don't remember seeing so many cars in our street ever. And as you open the front door, you walk in and the lights are dim. You're like, oh man, I wonder if bulbs are out. I've got to change some light bulbs. And as you walk in, all of a sudden, boom, the lights come on. Surprise! And you're like, what the? And, and the room is filled with people and they've got little party hats on their head, and like streamers and, and there's cake and, there's, and they're your best friends. And you look over and there's a table and it's got gifts on it. And they're celebrating the day you were born. They're saying the day you came into the world, our lives got better. And we're here to tell you, we're here to remind you, your life's worth celebrating. That's rich. That's rich. That's rich. You know what happens at, at Awaken Church? We get accused all the time, don't we, Samuel? Oh, at Awaken Church, you know, they're always happy down there. And they're good looking. Look at Miss Shauna, good looking. Everybody's good looking. Everybody's like Mr. Andre, fit as a fiddle. Look at them all. They're all, they, no one can be that happy all the time. No one can be. And did you see that photo on Instagram of the pastor at a winery with a glass of wine? What if people go out and get drunk because they saw the pastor with a glass of wine? Let me tell you, if they didn't see me, they'll see someone else and use it because it's not an issue of what's in my hands. It's an issue of what's in their heart. But that's another story. But in this church, I will not allow a spirit of religion to come in and rob the fourth point. Your life is worth value. You know, Jesus said, where two or three are gathered, there I am in the midst. If two or more of you can agree. Well, why did he say that? He says, listen, don't you dare, don't, 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 don't you dare take the principles of this book and think you can do it on your own. Don't you dare take this book and think, yeah, I can, I can, I didn't say when you pray, say my father. I said, when you pray, say our father, because I expect you to build community. I expect you to have relationship. I got the backstory of a boy finishing. I was watching the, the rite of passage and there was a kid, he's 12. And I could see he was really struggling. He just climbed the wall, went across the log, and had to go through the mud, and he's now covered in mud, and he's climbed over the, this kind of mountain made of dirt. And I could see he's, he's exhausted. He's got nothing left. And his dad is running along beside him. And his dad's trying to motivate him. His dad's trying to cheer him on. Pastor Mike Yeager told me afterwards that what had happened was that that boy and his dad left our church in 2020 2019 they went through a divorce mum and dad got divorced 2020 they got offended and they, they left but somebody had bought them two tickets the year before had they had we've had a merge last year the son was 11 wouldn't have been wouldn't qualified to, to go but now that he was 12 the father said oh gosh and it was actually Enrique who said are you guys coming? They said, we forgot all about it. He says, well, you got two tickets. So the father and son came. What we didn't 
know was that little boy for some reason kept blaming himself for mum and dad's divorce. Three times, three times contemplated committing suicide because of the isolation, the separation of the lockdowns. And now he's, he's running, but he's, he's exhausted. His daddy's yelling. But he said he had so much bitterness towards his daddy. He was blaming himself and his daddy and he had no confidence in daddy because daddy, mummy's not here anymore. Mummy's not around anymore. And where, where are you? And the daddy felt like a failure. And the daddy's running alongside and then he collapsed in a heap. And as he's laying there for, it wasn't just 30 seconds, Pastor Andre, was it? It was like for three or four minutes he's laying there and kids are stepping over him and kids are running by him. Kids are running and he's just laying there. But we had all the men. We had all the emerged men. We had the, the community of church. We, we had the relationship of church. And a, and a man behind the barrier yelled out, What's his name? What's his name? And the dad lifts his head and says, His name's David. The dad starts yelling out, David! 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 Then about a dozen guys near him start chanting, David! David! And then the people on the other side, David, till within 30 seconds, 300 men, David, David. The little boy looks around and he stands up and he wipes the tears. He wipes the tears from his eyes and he gets up and he runs. And he gets all the way to the pool and he, he's got nothing left and he falls into the pool and you go into the shallow end and then it's the deep end and it's over his head. He's, he's, and he's holding onto the side, but now the pool is surrounded by 300 men chanting his name, chanting his name, David. He gets to the other side. His dad pulls him out. There's not a dry eye on the place. His dad puts the warrior thing on him. See, what got him across the line was he could hear, he could hear the voice. You don't find this in the world. Only available in the Father's house. Tribe, you need a family, you need a community. That's why the Bible calls it the household of faith. Hebrews says, seeing that we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. I'm way over time. Come on, let me pray for you. Close your eyes, Heavenly Father. I thank you for your beautiful sons and daughters. I thank you for your beautiful sons and daughters. Father, I thank you right now for your anointing. Thank you for your presence. There are some here you never had a dad. And I want you to know, Kenny, you're an extraordinary father. You're an extraordinary father. And the Lord has brought father figures into your life, Colin Higginbottom. And the Lord will say everything the enemy purposed against you, saying, aha, yes, another one that will never become another one that will never live up to, another one that will never fulfill. He thought he train wrecked you but he didn't count on you receiving his Christ. He didn't count on you coming under the covering of the most perfect father, your heavenly father. He didn't count on you joining a community where there are people saying, can he, can he, can he, can he, can he. Not one thing the enemy stole, God will not restore fourfold in your life. Not one thing, not one thing. You're renting a home, you're going to own a home. You're going to buy a home. I see a transaction. I see a title deed in your hand. 
you're going to break generational cycles of poverty. You're going to break generational cycles of dysfunction and abuse. You're going to break it in Jesus' name. If there's anybody here and you've never surrendered to Christ, you've never come into the Father's house. How do I get into this Father's house? It's very simple. Jesus says, I am the door. Jesus is the doorway. If you've never received Jesus, today's your day. Maybe you once did, but you turned your back on Him. You turned away. Time to come back. Maybe you're here and you're just far from God. If you're any one of those three categories, I want to say a prayer for you in the last 20 seconds of this service. If that's you, would you quickly raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. That's me. Would you pray for me, Pastor? I need to come into the house. I need to thank you, thank you, thank you. I need to come to Christ. Two of those ones. Thank you, darling. Who else there? Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you over there. Thank you over there. Who else is there? I want to give my life to Christ. I want to come back to God. Thank you up the back. I see your hand. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you through there. Thank you, sir. Thank you, darling. Who else there? Thank you. Who else is there? Thank you. Yes. Anybody else quickly? Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you, young man. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, darling. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you, sweetie. Anybody else? Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. While her head's about and her eyes closed, say these words. Say this prayer with me. It's a prayer to God. Say, Heavenly Father, I want to acknowledge that I also have sinned against heaven and against you. Today, make me. Make me your child. Put on me your best robe put on me your authority restore purpose and show me my value Lord I ask all these things in Jesus name Amen Thanks for listening to find out more about our locations team and what we do here at Awakened Church go to awakenedchurch.com